Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, welcome back. How was Oakland and San Francisco? Um, it was definitely pretty good, but um, I, I was sick for part of the time with migraines and allergies, so it didn't work out quite as I thought. And you know, Nelson, I'm pretty sure that I told you to keep it on the down low while I was gone. Remember when you went to Vegas, you were just like, I don't want to have any FOMO. Monica, you can't eat anywhere. All I want you to do is eat salads for lunch. And I did that. Amazing. I didn't do a thing while you're gone. I leave town and you every single day are out having a party. <laughs> I can't help it when women ask me if they want to go and eat with me. I mean, it's oh like, sure, gosh. I'm going to go ahead and do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I no. see how this relationship works. Now. <laughs> no, it was, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. A couple uh, Seattle restaurant weeks, went out with a bunch of people and had, had some um, time to eat. It was just randomly all scheduled that way. But um, <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad you're back though. And got to hang out with your family and we'll talk about that later on yep. in the episode. Yeah. Um, the other big thing is uh, Game of Thrones. Are you excited for Game of Thrones, Monica? What's Game of Thrones? Um, oh, sorry. No, I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> I knew you. I knew you were kidding. I knew you were kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's so funny when you were talking to me about recording. Like, I had all these um, errands to do today, but one of them was like catch up on the last two episodes before tonight. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, so here's here's a quick question: What character would you be in Game of Thrones? Well, I don't know. You tell me because it kind of seems like I'm Arya. Oh yeah. <laughs> the uh, man, the man with no name. Yeah, yeah, man with okay. no name. <laughs> okay. Who would you be? I don't know who I'd want. I, I want. I would probably want to be Bran Stark, so mm -hmm. I can like see the see the future and mm -hmm. kind of see the, what's going on. That would be kind of my. I mean, that's a safe answer. I mean, like, what what else would I be like? Tyrion Lannister? I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> I, don't I have no idea. So, hey guys, welcome to our show, episode thirty-one. Like I said, Monica's back. She's eating Seattle food again, back to normal. We have some fun recaps, got a couple of cool things. And because Monica left for Oakland and San Francisco a little bit early last week, we're going to recap an event that was two weeks ago, but mm -hmm. we thought it was pretty significant. Let's start it off with that. Monica, tell us about Beecher's Cheese for All. Absolutely. Beecher's Cheese for All is a multi-city tour featuring local chefs competing, and they're making these creative burgers or mac and cheese dishes using Beecher's Cheese and Mishima Reserve meats. So you and I had a chance to attend with tons and tons of local foodies, like we can't even name them all, to sample our favorites and cast our vote. The winning burger was by Ethan Stoll of Ethan Stoll Restaurants, and it was made with Dutch hollow dulce, secret sauce, and bread and butter pickles. And I don't know about you, Nelson, but honestly, that was my favorite burger, which was yours. I really like that one too. Mm -hmm. I thought the one from Derby was pretty good too, mm -hmm. as well. They had like a juicy Lucy type of patty with the with the cheese inside of it, and then mm -hmm. on top was this other like crab cake patty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was that was really good. Um, that was exceptional. There was a lot of really really good burgers and mac and cheese out there, and the Ethan Stoll. A lot of people compared it to like a a Big Mac, right? Yeah, I didn't really hear that. All I know is, is you know, when I was eating it, I just found it simple but so good just just really excellent execution 
Mm-hmm. And they had and he, fries with it too. Yeah, fries, and then there <laughs> there was also some uh, some drinks over there at his table too. So <laughs> we, we got a full meal at Ethan Stoll's table. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us about the mac and cheese? Because I spent so much time on the burgers. I mean, I did get to to round about the mac and cheese, but it was later in the day. Yeah, so the Andrew Mac by Chef Sam Joe was the winner using flagship and just jack cheeses and a hit of kimchi. Lots of different types of mac and cheeses. They Adana had a tofu mac and cheese and then Cortina had their mac and cheese as well. Ben Sherman of Seattle's Worst Podcast, his favorite place, The Shambles, also had a mac and cheese too as well. So tons of mac and cheese. And then representing the east side, you've got Ascend Prime's Crab Mac and Cheese. Mm-hmm. They were all really, really good. To be honest, I really liked Adana's Tofu. It was really different. And then they also um, had some pickled onions on there mm-hmm. too as well with some panko crumbs yeah. and Firakaki too as well. Chef Sam Joe of Andrew Barnes um, out in West Seattle won one for his Andrew Mac. Yeah, there was, I think, some kimchi in there. So mm-hmm. well, it was really good. You already don't combine burgers and mac and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos to Beechers for putting an awesome, awesome event. A lot of times we'll go to a lot of events and you're just sometimes underwhelmed, right? And then, yeah. there was, but there was just so much food and we had so much fun just putting together burger stacks and putting together mac and cheese with the burgers and i mean overall it was just it was just a fun experience just a great experience it was and um i ended up buying a whole bunch of beecher's cheese because they were having a 50 percent off sale and so was mishima mm-hmm. reserve so yeah. it was lucky that we had these refrigerated bags that beecher's gave us because um yeah i stocked up like that was a fantastic sale now, I believe in the future, they're going to be having Beecher's Cheese for All at different regions around Washington. I think they had like a Tacoma and then mm-hmm. there was supposed to be an Issaquah event. So mm-hmm. you all look out for that in the future because um, they might have one later this year or next year too as well. Mm-hmm. So highly recommend it. Monica, from the Beecher's Cheese for All event, I went directly to another event, another <laughs> tasting, um, Old Stove Brewing out in Pike Place Market. I had a chance to check out a tasting at Old Stove Brewing um, with friends like Mon Mon Eats, Momo Shares, and What Jesse Eats. Old Stove Brewing, really popular around Pie Place Market. Mm-hmm. Most people usually come to this popular spot for delicious beers and beer flights, but you know, and I know, but not a lot of other people know, they also have really exceptional food. Absolutely. Uh, Old Stove invited me to come and have dinner a few months ago, and I was really blown away. And, you know, that new location at the Pike Expansion, they've been trying to get settled a little bit and work out the kinks, and they really have time to focus on their food right now. And what really struck me was I really wasn't expecting food that was that thoughtful. I mean, when I was eating, I'm just like, first of all, the portions were really big when I was eating um, there, but just the flavor profiles. I mean, I'm used to eating pub food at breweries and that's not what I was getting. I was getting pretty sophisticated dishes. Um, How was your tasting? Oh, the tasting was awesome. So at our tasting, we had the mussels and clams, but the the nice thing about it is they used the citrus IPA in -hmm. the mussels and clams to make their sauce, but Mm -hmm. they added chorizo to it. Nice. I mean, that's that's the that's the level of sophistication they had in their dishes. Mm-hmm. 
And then they had a clam and bacon chowder that was really surprised me. I mean, it's just like, I just kept eating that and I love chowder. They had a paella Valencian that was really, really good. I mean, you, you couldn't even see the rice at the bottom because it was all covered with <laughs> shrimp and clams and mussels and all types of seafood. Mm -hmm. They also gave us several IPA pints and tasting flights. It was just awesome. Um, Old Stove Brewing, I, I can't recommend it enough. Also, Monica, they are a participating restaurant for Seattle Restaurant Week. Awesome. Talked about last week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So everyone definitely should go check out Old Stove Brewing. For sure. And then now coming up to this weekend, this past weekend, when you came back, I got to spend some time with your family, not just mm -hmm. your husband and son, but your like extended family, like your brothers and sister-in-laws. <laughs> it was it was the entire Monica clan I got to hang out with. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite an experience. <laughs> so Nelson made the journey from Issaquah all the way up to Edmonds, which is one of my favorite food places right now. And we stopped by a Custard and Things pop-up at Onapoke and Edmonds. So Custard and Things is a company that just relocated from Hawaii to Seattle. And at this pop-up, they were selling some pretty interesting desserts. You've all heard me talk about Onapoke before. They for sure have the most authentic Hawaiian poke in the area. It's very simple and focused on the seafood. Um, Nelson, I didn't check in with you about how you liked your poke. Oh, so good. Mm -hmm. The crab legs, okole. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what okole was until your brother Taylor told me what it was. And um, I don't care what it. I don't care what it means. It's it was still really good when I ate it. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, we were just, you know, doing the Hawaiian words handshake around you and just <laughs> laughing at your expense. So sorry about that. Um, yeah. For sure. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you like it. It was very good. Uh, so Custard and Things, uh, they brought Fluto and Flan to the event. So Fluto has a layer of Flan and a layer of Puto. Puto is a sweet Filipino steam cake that I grew up eating. I remember my aunties making it when I was a little girl. And um, I make it sometimes, but I make a more quick and easy version, not the actual version, so it's not as good. So it's really great to, to get those flavors together. Like the flan is really um, set up well and sits there on the cake. I mean, it doesn't move or melt off. And so I love that. What did you think about those desserts, Nelson? Oh, it was really good. I loved it. The The flan, really awesome. And I just, you know me, I just love colorful things. So that <laughs> those flutos, they were, they were like up my alley. I mean, you were totally right, Monica. I mean, yeah, pink like, and blue. Oh, this is so for you. Like pink, pink blue, orange, and uh, green. And green. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's, it was perfect. I, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, I've never had those type of desserts before. I've had flan, but I've never had the fluto before. Yeah. I want to go back. I, I only got one four pack and I wish I ordered more so I can give them to my friends and family. Totally. And for me, it's great to see new desserts in the area. And I'm really looking forward to hearing more about where they pop up. So we don't have any information on that uh, right now, but we'll keep you informed. We can't also not forget that I brought raised donuts for your son. And then in return, you brought me some temple pastry, savory pastries. I have to give a shout out to our friend Wen98107. You actually waited in line for those, Monica. How, how appreciative am I for that? <laughs> I know. And I was like, you know, I feel like... 
I feel like people don't really understand like the kind of friends that Nelson and I am. So I'm going to stand <laughs> at this line. And I got to tell yeah. you, the first time I went to Temple was the very first pop-up at the Dane. There was no line. In fact, I was talking to the owner um, on Saturday. And like, I swear, there were like 20 people deep. And I'm all, I can't believe this. <laughs> and, I'm all, and I'm standing in this line and I'm just like, I'm going to do it because these are savory pastries and Nelson likes savory stuff. And I'm going to get this for him. And he's so nice. He's always thinking about my son and our family. And, and so I hope you like them. Yeah, I really did. I, in fact, I think I ate all three of them at once. I was going to try to save <laughs> them, but I think I ate them all at once. You make like a stack <laughs> and eat like a burger. <laughs> but they were, they were really good. I really loved it. And mm-hmm. um, especially the one with the duck confit in it. I know I that, like, that oh. one looked really good because it had a rhubarb compote, right? Yeah, they oh, did have a rhubarb compote. Sounded but, dreamy. Yeah. Shout out to Wendy again for, for noticing that that you stayed in line because I totally didn't, totally didn't even notice it. I was like, okay, yeah, she did. (laughs) Yeah, she did. Uh, And thank you so much for the raised donuts. Uh, My son loves mochi donuts. And so any chance that uh, he can get some, because, you know, I mean, uh, raised donuts is in the central district, so I'm not there very often. So thank you so much. Yeah. Me made some awesome donuts. I I had a strawberry balsamic. That was really awesome. That's Mm -hmm. one of their monthly flavors for April right now. And we were one day, one day too early, Monica. I know. Because because did you see those Game of Thrones donuts that she had? Yeah. I mean, you probably wouldn't have gotten them anyways, because you had to, you probably had to, we probably had to wait in line. So, <laughs> and I heard they were like sold out in less than an hour. So really? oh my you would have had to not only wait in line, but would have to wait in line before 7am when she opens. I'm going to start paying people to stand in line for me. I'm telling you. They have that in New York. Why don't they do it now in Washington? I don't, I don't get know. It. it sounds like we're missing a business line here. <laughs> All right. And then one last recap. This one, Monica. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I've eaten at two Seattle restaurant week restaurants this week. And Mm -hmm. this place might be better than both of those meals. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Wow. And this is the best part. It's an East side restaurant. I don't have to drive (laughs) to Seattle for this. This is so awesome. It's called spark pizza. It's newly opened in Redmond and it is the second restaurant for the Scott family, Tony and Carolyn who currently run the road, the wood block out in Redmond. Mm -hmm. The spark team traveled to New York, Rome and Naples doing R and D. And they ate at three to five pizza establishments a day, trying to perfect the perfect pies. (laughs) <laughs> that Monica, kind of sounds like our life. <laughs> that is my kind of R and D. I don't know about <laughs> you, but eating pizza five five times a day—that sounds perfect for me. I mean, and so Monica, this is just my opinion. I call these adult pies because these pizzas have some complex notes to them. They have put a lot of time, effort, and thought into the pizzas, like adding spicy honey to the crust and their honey spice and everything nice pizza or adding Wagyu beef carpaccio to their don't be crudo pizza. I mean, the, I mean, these are really good pizzas. I'm telling you. And they also have other items beyond pizzas, like their when in Rome gnocchi, which is like a polenta style gnocchi and their holy macro bruschetta where they smoke their own macro in house. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I, I love that one. And I, I, I was like kind of skeptical. I was like, Oh wow. Okay. This is a fish bruschetta in a pizza place. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that is. But man, that was so good. Yeah. I was, um, you, you know me, like I've been coming to the East side. I've been more to the East side in the last year than I have in like the whole time I've lived in Seattle and driving out there. I'm just like, I'm driving to Redmond to eat pizza. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was just like, this is like a 45 minute drive for me. And when I got there, you're absolutely right. It's not just that these are, you know, adult pizzas that are complex, but I really enjoyed the interplay between the two chefs, um, Kyle and T. Like they really seem to feed off each other's energy and it works. Um, everything from the plating to coming up with the right recipes for, you know, whatever they're working on. And I was in love with that polenta gnocchi. Yeah, definitely. And between Chef T and Kyle, you could really tell in the kitchen. Like, mm -hmm. They have the symbiotic relationship yeah. like, working on there as they're like preparing our dishes for us. I mm -hmm. mean, it was just so fun. Just sit down with the owners, Tony mm -hmm. and Carolyn. Mm -hmm. We had a, I had a great time just talking with them mm -hmm. and just listening to what they did and what places they visited when New York, Rome and Naples. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. They literally ate through those three places trying to perfect like what's good, what doesn't work. And they created this pizza crust that's just phenomenal. It's It's got this nice chewy texture to it. Because most of the time when you have like wood fire ovens, mm -hmm. you have like this crispy crust to it, yeah. right? But it has this like really nice chewiness to it, mm -hmm. to that to the crust. And I, I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it as well. Yeah. So you guys definitely check it out. New Redmond Spot, Spark Pizza. I <laughs> Monica, when we came back, because I... I told you that story. I left my backpack there oh, in the yeah. afternoon and I had to come back. <laughs> and when I came back, that restaurant literally had no seat <laughs> unfilled. I oh mean, gosh. it was 15 people deep waiting for a table. Oh my gosh. Uh, they don't take reservations just to mm -hmm. let you guys know. And they're open from five to 9 PM. Mm -hmm. I mean, they make really great food and you can tell why people are like waiting <laughs> for this place. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Everyone, you got to go check it out. So we've got, that's pretty much our recaps. Monica, how about some events? You want to kick it off for some events for us? Yeah, I'll kick it off with the Cheese and Meat Festival. So on Saturday, April 20th, the Seattle Cheese and Meat Festival comes to Block 41. And you and I were just at Block 41 for the Beecher's event. And it's a really gorgeous event space in Belltown. And if you go to this event, you'll have a chance to taste food by building your own charcuterie board while tasting wine, cider, beer, and mixed drinks. And some of the folks you can expect to see there are the Shambles, which we've been talking about a lot lately, Salumi Artisan Cured Meats, Ferndale Farmstead Cheese Artisans, Chatter Creek Cider, which is one of my favorite ciders, and Batch 206 Distillery. And uh, we also hear that Essential Bakering Company is going to be there as well. Yes. Um, yeah, right? Yeah. So, wow, Nelson, all the meats, <laughs> all the cheeses. <laughs> I mean, that kind of sounds like our thing, right? We don't need the carbs. Just just yeah. give us the cheese, just gives us the proteins and yeah. and uh yeah, all the milk, all the milk products. All That's the milk totally products. <laughs> Monica still lactose intolerant. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but you guys, this event is for ages 21 and over only. And um, I hear that there are only about a hundred tickets left, which you can get on Eventbrite. So prices range from $55 to $145. And that just depends if it's like a general ticket or um, I think they're sold out of the VIP tickets, but I think they have some special seminars available. We can never have too much meat, cheese, or carbs in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. From the meat and cheese festival to something that's non-food, but I want to let people know about Monica. So mm -hmm. we've talked about them before, but this Saturday 
We're going to be attending the Survive the Sound launch party, which is hosted by Long Live the Kings and Anthony's Restaurants. As you recall from previous podcasts, Long Live the Kings, their mission is to restore wild salmon and steelhead and support sustainable fishing in the Pacific Northwest. This launch party that we're going to be attending is for Survive the Sound. Survive the Sound is an online interactive game for students at public schools and schools in Seattle, as well as to the public. And you basically choose a fish character on the Long Live the Kings website and track their fish character as it migrates through the Puget Sound. You have over 45 fish characters to choose from, and the online game uses real-time data to help educate folks about the imperiled steelhead and the challenges they face. To participate in the Survive the Sound, you can go to survivethesound.org and select your favorite fish by May 5th. Mm -hmm. So we're going to this launch party, and it's just educating people about steelhead and wild salmon and Mm -hmm. how they're migrating through the Puget Sound area. No, it's definitely an important cause. And as you've mentioned, we've talked about it before on the podcast and why it's important to eat sustainable fish whenever possible. And and that's why, you know, it's good, like even for us to make um, rotating choices in terms of the kinds of seafood that we're eating um, so that we're not depleting our oceans and how those oceans, in fact, impact our whales here. Um, so no, definitely a great event. Thank you so much for sharing that, Nelson. Yeah. I mean, like I said, in, in a lot of places, we're very fortunate living in the Puget Sound and in, you know, we're surrounded by water. So mm-hmm. most of our fish that we eat is going to be fresh and, and it's mm-hmm. caught in the wild. In most places outside of Washington state, if you're going like even to the Midwest or Vegas or anywhere that's not near water, a lot of the fish that you eat at restaurants are going to be farm raised. So it's really important that we have to sustain that steelhead and wild salmon numbers. Mm-hmm. All right. And then Monica, I have one other event. This isn't really an event, but this is just a notification for everyone. <laughs> this coming Sunday is going to be Easter. So Easter Sunday and what's associated with Easter Sunday, Easter brunch. So I just want to let people know Easter is coming up. And there are a lot of Easter brunches available throughout the greater Seattle area. Most of your favorite restaurants are offering an Easter Sunday brunch. So make sure to make a reservation this week ahead of time to reserve your favorite <laughs> spot. Just don't show up and just go like, I'd like a table. And for, just 20. Like, uh, for 20. I don't know, of my closest families and relatives, right? Yeah. It's so funny when you said, you know, what goes along with Easter, I was going to be like, eggs. Eggs. <laughs> eggs. Big chocolate bunnies. I know. Eggs. <laughs> but uh I, when i think easter i think easter sunday brunch because i'm always okay. i'm always spending time with my family and doing that mm-hmm. so yeah we usually go out and do that absolutely easter brunch is something that my family likes too but we also enjoy a good egg hunt but we put money in our eggs so it makes it worth it to find but money in the eggs means that you know they should be harder to find than just like a brightly colored yellow egg just like hanging out on your porch like they're pretty hard to find so um <laughs> easter is a fun time for families for sure monica i have a great story for you this is <laughs> this is this is hilarious about easter egg hunts so okay my mom told me this story. Okay. So when I was like two or three, my mom for Easter did like an Easter egg hunt, but she actually boiled like actual eggs, dyed them. And then, so for me to find, Mm -hmm. right. And then she told me that the first time she ever did it for an Easter egg hunt for me, she put the eggs all around the house for me to like find them. Oh no. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know where this is going, right? I know where this is going. Continue. She, put, she made 10 eggs and I found nine out of 10. <laughs> no. And my mom and dad could not find that 10th egg. Oh no. And that egg got rotten and it came <laughs> had a rotten <laughs> smell to it. Oh, and they couldn't find it until they finally until it finally turned rotten and it and they found that egg probably I think she said like three days later or two days oh, later. My God. <laughs> Oh, lessons to be learned. Uh, yes. From now on, plastic eggs. Plastic <laughs> eggs. With money, if possible. With <laughs> no, no. No. We're okay. not, we're, you can do the money. Okay. But knowing me, I would probably won't be able to find all the eggs and I'll be like <laughs> missing $100 from somewhere. I don't know where we're missing. <laughs> well, we'll use somebody else's money then. <laughs> uh, and that was Easter. happy easter everybody all right monica we you had an awesome interview out in the pier go ahead and tell us about that yes uh today's interview is with chef nick novello and chef novello chef nick joined miners landing in late 2018 and he's held positions at restaurants like skillet toulouse petite and local 360 He's a really great storyteller. And based on our visit, you and I, Nelson, um, to the restaurant a few months ago, he is shaking things up at Seattle's waterfront. Here's our interview with Chef Nick. All right, we are here today with Chef Nick Novello of Miner's Landing. And Miner's Landing is home to the Fisherman's Restaurant and provides a variety of dining, shopping, and entertainment options. Chef Nick has held positions at restaurants like Skillet, Toulouse Petite, and Local 360. And recently, Nelson and I had a chance to stop by the Fisherman's Restaurant at Miner's Landing to try out the Valentine's Day prefix menu, and it was completely mind-blowing. Welcome to the show, Chef Nick. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. So let's go way back, and let's start with how you got started as a chef? Well, my whole family's in the restaurant business in some way or another. Um, Different folks are in different things. Um, uh, We have everything from like an Italian deli to like little uh, kind of pizza spots. But my dad works for this company here um, that I'm working with. When I was a kid, my whole family's in the restaurant business. When I was a kid, I used to go to a place called the Hilton and my uncle was a chef there, George Sarah. He was actually the chef that trained me. He also trained another chef as well, Gavin Case, and went on to be a chef of Cafe Balad and now has his own place out in uh, Minnesota. But what I learned by watching him was I saw him as Batman, you know, and I just wanted to be him. I wanted to copy him. I had to jump in head feet first, and this this is where I am now. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. Tell us about your food philosophy. Nelson and I heard a little bit when we came down here to eat, but I was really struck by it. And just with that food philosophy, what do you want to share with diners? Keep food special. You know, keep things special. I can't tell you, you know, how many times I've watched people just not understand what they're eating and just eat. You know, there's two different ways to eat in my book. It's uh, eating food for substance and nutrition. Like this is my, this, this is what I eat when I'm eat. You know, this is like, I just got to get something in me. And what does that look like? And, and keep it, keep it in those areas. And then what is special food? You know, keeping occasions special, you know, kind of coming together across something that's awesome and understanding where it's from. And, you know, we focus on on sustainability here and you know everybody talks about sustainability everybody's like sustainability this i can create great this that what does that really mean what does that mean sure that product may be quote unquote made more sustainable but it came from you know 800 miles more away mm-hmm. so is it really more sustainable because the jet fuel to get there isn't mm-hmm. really that sustainable you know so who's really thinking about this stuff mm-hmm. we are 
You know, we're focusing on local items. We're focusing on local producers like Penn Cove that have been doing business with us here on this pier for 45 years. We're, right now, some of the things that are really big in my book for philosophy is on food is keep food special, know your moments, keep those occasions special with special food, understanding sustainability and what that really means and how that, you know, how that affects your food and how as you as a diner can support restaurants that are, that are doing it right. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, people, we have the power to change minds, not me, you. You pay us. Yeah. Come in here and you spend your money. Mm -hmm. Where you spend your money is what becomes the norm. Mm -hmm. So where you spend your money is what becomes okay. Mm -hmm. So spend your money with people that care. Yeah. Spend your money with chefs that are doing the time to taking the extra time to look into what they're really serving you. Mm -hmm. Not just following your Cisco guidebook. Keep food special. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. And one of the reasons we're asking this question is because, you know, when we came to eat here, you talked a lot about these concepts of, of food and sort of ideas behind them. And it was very striking, which is really why we wanted you to be able to tell that to our listeners. Because as we heard you talk, it was really clear that you cared and you had really clear vision. And you don't always sense that vision with chefs. So uh, very much appreciated. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm a firm believer that you can explode somebody's brain if you tell them, go into the grocery <laughs> store and go make me the best meal of my life. Mm -hmm. Go, do it, go. But as Jonathan Waxman says, it's your job to edit yourself as a chef. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I've learned from that person. It's, it is our job as chefs to edit ourselves. Yeah, other people and our bosses will edit us and owners will edit us and customers will edit us just by their preference. But us as ourselves, there's so much we could do. Does it really need to be on the plate? Or are we doing too much? Or should that be somewhere else? Or is that a part of another story? So I like to focus myself by saying, these are the items we're going to invite into the kitchen for this season. Done the homework on sustainability, make sure those are the items we're doing with. And those are the items that are on our shelves. And those are where our focus goes. That's how we get focused. Mm -hmm. That's where that seamlessness comes from mm -hmm. is by focusing yourself as a team and as a chef and as a group. Yeah, and I love that. As someone who eats out quite a bit in, in all different kinds of places around Seattle, I think that I'm always interested in storytelling through food, that there aren't a lot of people who are telling a great story through food. And I think my impression of you from when we came down here is that you're doing that. And I think that matters, again, keeping it special, right? What's, what's going to elevate this dining experience from just being something like eating fish and chips to something completely different, like you said, like some, that's memorable, that's going to hold a place in my heart and like influence my spending for years to come. Now, and, you know, I hope that that comes when you're sitting down on my deck, on the fisherman's deck, in the middle of summertime, seagulls going, making their noise <laughs> in the air, the wheels spinning, you've got folks coming off the wheel as they got a drink in their hand or a smile and excited, you've got throngs of people walking around the pier, mm -hmm. and you're sitting in this little beautiful oasis on the fisherman's uh, um, patio, watching it all happen around you, biting into those warm fish and chips that are nice and crispy, mm -hmm. um, maybe squirting some lemon on top, having some nice yummy fries with that and a dip of tartar sauce. And I'll <laughs> tell you, we're focusing on uh, one of the items that we're doing is we're I got a really good deal on some Pollock, and we're going to have some amazing fish and chips here this season. Right. We're going to we're going to have uh, we're going to focus on halibut, Pollock, cod, salmon. We're going to we're going to have four different fish and chips for you to That's come amazing. on down and try. You know, so <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Yeah, definitely. That is pretty exciting. But right there, you just you just like describe the perfect Seattle summer day. Aside from having to fight with the seagulls for the food, because that yeah, happens yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're they're pretty special. Out the here. only decision <laughs> the only decision left to make is which IPA you're going to have. Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> literally, like, you're like, okay, do I want the, oh, what mm -hmm. do I want? Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, you know, sure. it's, 
sure. Yeah, and so you described, you know, the great wheel out here in Fisherman's. I think coming here over the years to Miner's Landing, I never really recognized that it was all interconnected. I guess I was sort of thinking they were all separate businesses. But tell us a little bit about the overall concept of Miner's Landing and how that worked. This is a great story. You know, <laughs> it really is. You know, Seattle's a great story. Seattle, do you know why I like Seattle? No. Because it's, just, cause it's the way of the underdog. I'm serious. <laughs> okay. I'm an underdog guy. Mm -hmm. I'm an underdog. Nobody wants to talk to me. You think about the way that this pier got started. Owner Hal Griffith mm -hmm. is, has owned piers here in Seattle for, you know, over 50, 40 years. He had a couple other piers down here, um, uh, kind of uh, was traded the lease for those docks for the opportunity to buy this, mm -hmm. this, this dock. Essentially what happened there was when he purchased this area right here, he had it as an import-export business. And he originally partnered with, get this, Cost Plus World Market. Okay, what? So yeah, for all of these folks that don't know where Cost Plus World Market came from, it's uh, it was here. You know, I don't know if it came from Seattle, but he used to buy with them. Okay. okay. And he will not drop all this knowledge just at a, you know, just kind of down and be like, all right, son, I'm, sit on down. I'm going to tell you a story about everything. It doesn't happen like that. you got to pick these nuggets of gold up through conversation. Yeah. And as he's going, kind of pushing together. So this pier originally was an import-export business where the whole entire insides of it was full of container stuff from like other countries that he used to buy with uh, Cost Plus World Market. And then he would sell it through. He had three pirate powder stores in the Pacific Northwest. So... As a cool story as that sounds, we didn't start as a restaurant business. So what he started then is he's like he he gets some he gets some fish from the guy down the street here mm -hmm. at the at pier next way down. He's cutting fish. He's cutting cutting fish for the stuff they call fish and chips. So he says, "All right, I'm going to get some of that." Mm -hmm. Well, he's doing original fish. He's smoking it. He said there's fish and chips. He was smoking. He didn't do them deep fried. He started, <laughs> started smoking them. And Scary. people were like, hey, these are supposed to be. He said it's fish and chips. It's smoked. You know what I mean? So we started. Yeah. And then he got the deep fryer. He started breading them with panko and started doing them up. So that's actually how we started here. It wasn't beer battered. It was uh, that kind of Northwest panko yeah. breaded style. Um, we actually have two different styles on the pier here. So in our salmon cooker front area crab pot, they mm -hmm. roll with the uh, panko style uh, mm -hmm. uh, kind of. A classic Pacific Northwest presentation and uh, in the fishermen's here we're beer batter you can really get your fix anywhere mm -hmm. you know he started selling crab and started selling Dungeness and basically he had old wire old wire spool uh, uh, tables out there and he brought stumps out there <laughs> and you know people would literally come in here and they get a dungy a whole dungy mm -hmm pint of beer and some fresh made sourdough all wrapped up in uh, butcher paper sure. and you go sit on the wire spool tables and you go and eat. Quite frankly, we really haven't moved that far away because yeah. in the crab pot right now, I give you a bib, a mallet cracker and a bunch of seafood on your table that we put on there. You get to go at it. It's just awesome. And we really focus on value. I don't want to say discount. You don't want to say yeah. value. You don't want to say value. We, the Griffiths want to give you something that you can go, wow. Mm -hmm. They want you to go, wow. Mm -hmm. They do. They want you to go, wow, even if it means a little less in their pocket. Mm -hmm. And that's been instructed to me. Mm -hmm. Nick, we want you to buy the best. Mm -hmm. and, and Nick, I want you to make sure that you're giving them, I mean, literally we're giving people over over two pounds of crab for a price that people sell one crab for. Yeah. And people are like, how do you do that? And it's it's the way we buy. It's the relationships we made with fishermen's and, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's the real fishermen. We're not buying from not the, the not the not the middle guy. Yeah. Like we're we're shaking hands with the guy with the guy's the son <laughs> that we used to shake hands with right. his dad. Yeah. And we're gonna shake hands with with that person's mm -hmm. son or daughter and they're gonna continue. Talk about family. 
I'm meeting the guy's daughter that I that I used to cut fish with as a kid, and she's taken over now. And we're it, it just this whole mm-hmm. thing is is yeah. getting awesome, you know? Yeah, it is. And and those are the personal connections, like you were talking about how your dads work for the company, how you grew up around the company, and these relationships matter because you can't buy relationships like that, and they take years to cultivate. But that's what this business is about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) All right. So the Valentine's Day prefix menu was one of the first new concepts here since you were hired in late 2018. Um, I can't even talk enough about the food that we ate that day. We did tons of stories. I did a blog post. But what do you have in store for the future? Right now, we're coming out with a brand new menu. It'll be dropping uh, first week of April. Um, That's exciting. You know, we're going to be focusing on classically grilled items as well as modern approach. Basically, what we're doing is we're, we are going to still be the place where you come for a great piece of fish and just a great piece of fish. I want to let the fish do the talking, lightly brushed with a little bit of butter and lemon, salt, and then a wild rice pilaf and chef vegetables. That's going to be that middle section of the menu, the backbone of the menu, mm-hmm. and then with a couple of feasts underneath that. But we're also going to be looking at those fish and those options with a more modern approach, and we're going to be focusing those in chef specials underneath. This will really be a restaurant for all. You know, mm-hmm. it'll be the place where you can come and get the classically grilled piece of fish. Mm-hmm. You can even add a great sauce that we're doing with mm-hmm. that if you'd like to purchase that separately, mm-hmm. and it'll be served on the side. And you control how much of that sauce you want to put on there. You know, it's or or if you want to let us let us do it and kind of come up with the with the stuff that we've been doing and focusing on that'll be in the chef featured right underneath mm-hmm. and kind of you know, you could really take dining in your own hands. You can say, hey, want to do it the way you're thinking, or hey, we really want to do it this yeah. way. You know, <laughs> so. That's amazing. And I think that spans generations, which is what the waterfront's about. It's about families coming down. It's about people who were here 20 years ago coming back for a visit 20 years later. And that's just the way it works, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, build memories here because Mm -hmm. this restaurant's been here for 50 years. And, you know, with the recent uh, developments of the waterfront, I mean, we're going to be here for another 50. We're going to be here. I mean, these places were entrenched as as temples and castles now. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing being built down Mm -hmm. here. This area will be. I mean, really, Seattle's getting it back, mm-hmm. you know, and it's fantastic. Man. Yeah. I mean, you know, and but as locals, we need to be down here. We yes. need to take this area, <laughs> you know, we need to inhabit this. Mm-hmm. Keep this from turning into anything else other mm-hmm. than, you know, our waterfront, man. Mm-hmm. I implore you all to be down here and a part of this. For so, sure. Thank you. So you talked a little bit about focusing on, like, classically grilled salmon and focused on seafood. What are a couple of other ingredients that you're waiting, like, you're really excited about that ha- are just seasonal? You know, you have to wait for them. Well, right now we're all chomping about the bit for some halibut. So mm-hmm. uh, we got halibut seasons open up on mm-hmm. the 15th. Basically, sablefish is excitable right now, and they've mm-hmm. extended sablefish, so everybody's thinking they're going to go sable before they go halley mm-hmm. and uh, we're kind of sitting on our on our laurels figuring out what we're going to mm-hmm. do for our menu so mm-hmm. you know that's that's the kind of insightfulness that goes into seafood you just mm-hmm. don't buy it like beef you know yeah. as a chef you have to know what's happening you have to understand what's happening or you can be a victim and not know and not have a real program yeah. <laughs> you're really supported by your your box brands and you're really running on a grocery mm-hmm. store program at that point i'm excited for halibut season i I just can't wait to see how they come out. You know how they're how they're pulling for the first for the first run. Mm-hmm. I'm also really excited about Copper River season. Mm-hmm. I am. I Always, am. Right? I don't know why I am, but I am. <sighs> I am so excited for it. I just last season was a bust, really in my mind. I'm excited to see how it comes out. You know, I really feel like we have things in the favor of that, mm-hmm. and I look forward to the unmatched fat content that's within any other salmon out there. As a chef, when you break open a Copper River salmon versus another salmon, you're you go wow. 
Mm-hmm. We don't go wow all the time. We don't yeah. go. We don't go wow all the time. But we want to take pictures of stuff because it's like really, <laughs> really awesome. Yeah. And you see our Instagrams full of pieces of fish that aren't even cooked, and you're like, "What's that all about?" It's like it's because no, it's like that. the coolest <laughs> thing in the world. We're like, look how much fat's in there. You know, it's <laughs> like and, yeah, look at the marbling on that salmon. It looks like it's prime grade or something. <laughs> So it's just awesome. And also, I'm excited for uh, dry-aged steak. Uh, mm-hmm. We're dry-aging beef right now. I just got a bunch of prime uh, Nyman Ranch uh, ribeyes and dry-ager down at Core Feeding Gourmet. Nice. They're doing that for us right now. We're going to put... Uh, they're good people there. Yeah, they're good guys. They, they help me out a lot. And once again, building relationships, getting mm-hmm. with people that you know. They've, they put up with me for a long time. So mm-hmm. I appreciate everything they've done. We're just excited for the seasons mm-hmm. here. So Awesome. Okay, so our listeners always want to know where chefs, where you're eating. So it could be eating at home, it could be eating out, it could be types of cuisine, things that you're excited about right now that you want to share with them. So if I have to do a kick, drop and roll for food here in Seattle, I like to go to Bok Bok. You know, Brian is doing great up there and Mm -hmm. honestly, you got a lot of my old guys up there. You know what I mean? So when I walk in there, it's like family. Brian, if you're listening, I promise I will not steal any of them. Uh, (laughs) uh, So you treat treat them really well and I appreciate it. Say that with uh, honest, honest deal. There, they're, they're doing great, great food over there. Gluten-free chicken, mm-hmm. crispiest chicken I'll ever have in your life. <laughs> Literally, it's amazing. He does a great job. Uh, I also like to, I like to stop here on the waterfront. You know, if I if I'm down this way, I like to stop for a quick bite down here uh, in the market. I'll just grab something quick, maybe from like, uh, I love Elenos. I'm a sucker for that. Oh, aren't uh, we all? It's, <laughs> aren't we all? It's Greek yogurt, dude. It's the only Greek yogurt I eat. I know, I know. And, <laughs> well, so I'm just like, they, they're special people. And they do oh. some, you know, they make the ice cream and yogurt. So that's cool. Yes. And uh, it's the real deal. And I never have a problem getting my kids to eat their yogurt when I get right? that. So I will stop in there. What's going on at my house for eating wise is I like to, open my kids eyes to mm-hmm. food uh, as a kid I ate all the weird stuff as what other folks said oysters clams mm-hmm. mussels salmon fish you name it you know sushi as a kid you know the only time I ever really made a mistake when I was eating when I was a kid was my first conveyor belt sushi experience mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so I'm with my I'm with my mom and uh, you're allowed to grab your own stuff and you know sure enough she, she was grabbing my stuff for me but I thought I was getting slick and I was gonna steal dessert right <laughs> and I was like I'm gonna steal dessert so I see these nice little you know crispy beautifully fried uh, what I thought donuts with this beautiful what I thought chocolate sauce on top and I popped it in my mouth and I was so sneaky and it was octopus balls with eel sauce and I tell you what I was in for a surprise I was like not donuts dude yummy not donuts so I learned my lesson at a young age Mm -hmm. so I like to expose my kid to kids to all kinds of food Mm -hmm. I have Lux and Layla three and four and they're just balls of fun man and they, awesome. they, they love to try the try the fun stuff. So That's great. All right, Chef Nick, thank you so much for spending time with us today. And we are looking forward to your new menu in April. Thank you so much. And that's our interview with Chef Nick Novello. Nelson, what do you think about our Valentine's Day tasting at Fisherman's Restaurant? Oh, yeah. Hashtag not a couple. But <laughs> we had... I, that was probably the best Valentine's Day ever because I ate, we ate everything from the menu. <laughs> we did. We ate it I, all. I haven't had a Valentine's Day that, like that in a long, long time. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, but but in all seriousness, I I really really loved the tomato shrimp roto mm-hmm. and ricotta dumplings. That was 
That was really, really good. The vanilla braised pineapple with the red velvet ice cream. That was quite good. I mean, that was pretty exceptional too as well. Yeah, I, I think his menu is just really phenomenal and they're they're just they're just revamping things and mm-hmm. as you mentioned in the interview that the new april spring menu mm-hmm. they're gonna have a lot of interesting items that are mm-hmm. new to that to the fisherman's restaurant absolutely i mean i think that this is such a hidden gem that you know um people think that just tourists go to to the to the waterfront and to the pier that's totally fine by me because as long as it's a secret you know we can still eat there but it's so different than how it used to be and so i really think chef nick is making an impact and just from beautiful plating to everything like you know the desserts like everything from making the cake to the ice cream to to thoughtful pairings of different ingredients that just you know just make you do a double take it's just a little different chef novello is just He has such a great mind and Mm -hmm. the story, like you mentioned in the interview, the storytelling is Mm -hmm. just, I just love that. And he just, there's always a purpose to all of his dishes. And that's just, that's what I really, really appreciate about him as a chef. Totally. Well, that's pretty much it for our show. Monica, Seattle Restaurant Week is still going on. You and I are about to go and check out a place this week. Are you excited? I'm pretty excited, but I'm still mad at you and all the other people who took you out while I was gone, but I'll take that up with each of them. <laughs> <laughs> you take it up with all the 15 people that I had dinner right? with. Nelson's <laughs> my co-host. You can't have him. <laughs> Mr. Popular over here. Oh, man. I don't know. Like, I'm going to get messages from my our friends like, why is Monica unfollowing me? I don't understand. <laughs> What's your problem? What's your problem? What's your problem? Now, looking forward to definitely our our dinner together with other foodie friends for sure. So remember, folks, Seattle Restaurant Week uh, ends this Thursday. So get out there, support local business, and try all the things. Yes, definitely. So many restaurants. And don't forget, they do lunch and dinner. Mm -hmm. That being said, everybody, go out and eat. Check out Seattle Restaurant Week. Happy Easter. Have a wonderful Easter Sunday and happy eating Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.